0: You are listening to From So Ready to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 132. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From So Ready to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. How are you doing out there, my friends? How are you doing? It is national recovery month. In the past, I don't think I've done much in September around national recovery month. And I've sent out some flyers for people to come on the show. I've already got one person booked who will be coming on here in the next couple weeks. And I'm looking to put out more episodes this month around just what recovery can be for you, what recovery is for our community, what it's like to create a community and to be in a community. Because when we shift from the I am in recovery, and we get into more of a space of we're in recovery, then we start to really develop this this community around us that understands the trials and tribulations of, of what it is we're going through. Whether you realized it or not when you signed up for sobriety and then this journey into addiction recovery, you subscribed to personal growth and development. You subscribe to an idea that you are no longer going to live your life status quo just trancing out through life, not paying attention to what's actually going on around you. and You're going to seek ways to develop and grow and push yourself outside of your perceived comfort zone, which again is really your uncomfort zone, and begin to get more comfortable in an an uncomfort zone where you're developing yourself. When we think of that comfort zone, we're like, ah, oh, but you know, just going through my usual rigmarole, it's so much more comfortable. But yet, when we talked about this, how often are you actually uncomfortable in that comfort zone? Would I rather not see you comfortable in your uncomfort zone, meaning that you're pushing yourself each and every day to strive for a newer, bigger, better version of yourself? When we think of National Recovery Month, we think of this I- identity that we have around being in recovery. That we get to be proud of ourselves for taking this journey, for releasing these addictive behaviors and and healing and learning through them. Mental health and substance abuse has been living in the shadows too long. The stigma that somehow we have less willpower or that we're weak-minded is bullshit. And anybody who's been active addiction and then sought out and journeyed into sobriety and then into addiction recovery can be the first one to say that we are not weak-willed. We are not weak-minded. In fact, I believe that we are stronger than others, not in a competitive way, just stronger in a sense of we realized that something was going on around us that was no longer benefiting our highest sense of self. It was no longer serving our purpose. What was once the medicine became the poison and it was going to kill us or we were going to have to decide to live differently. I didn't want to die in 2017 and 2016, 2015 as I drank myself to death. I didn't really want to die. I wanted to live differently and I didn't know how to even begin that process. Luckily, we live in a world where the Internet's available and there's information at our fingertips. We can literally, the entire breadth of human knowledge is at our fingertips. Google can give you 1.5 billion pages about addiction recovery in less than a half second. In fact, you know what? Let's see how many it will pull up. I'm going to type in addiction recovery into Google. Let's see what we got. We've got 6.76 billion pages in 0.77 seconds. And the very first thing that shows up at the top is help is available. SAMHSA, National Hotline, 1-800-662-4357. I call it the SAMSA page. In fact, when I was... Uh, Calling When I do call Addiction Recovery Centers, I use the SAMHSA website to help me find Addiction Recovery Centers to go speak at. So great website, tons of useful information there. If you are uh, unaware that it exists, then I'm going to assume that you have never gone to Google in your entire life and typed in Addiction Recovery because it's, it's available. It's all available. Everything you could possibly want to know about human experience is available to you. So now that we understand that we build this sense of community that we're not weak-willed, we're not weak-minded, that we that we are actually stronger because we we looked at ourselves in the mirror and said there has to be a better way. When we decide that we want to start to seek out the better way, the first thing we do is we say, well what are the resources available to us? Right? We don't we're not we're not doing this in isolation anymore. The opposite of addiction is connection. Therefore the opposite of Addiction would be community, right? Because if isolation is addiction, then community is recovery. If the opposite of addiction is connection, then the addiction isolates us. Community puts us into recovery. So how do you see your future? How are you being mindful of what it is that you seek out in your life? Now I have a bunch of show notes for how you see your future and, and about immediate gratification and being bounded by willpower and all of this other stuff. And I'm already starting to realize as I get into this episode with you all that perhaps this, these show notes are better for episode 133 and that today we talk, we talk about community and we talk about the importance of realizing that there is a system in place for you, right? We're not reinventing the wheel. I don't know the history of AA, but I, I've, I've heard enough about it that it was like two dudes showed up. I think like somebody wanted to meet somebody and may have gone to a hospital where this person was really sick and dying and gotten together. And maybe there were two priests. Again, I I don't even remember about – now I want to Google the history of AA and see if maybe this it pops up really. The birth of AA and its growth. Uh, it was founded in 1935 by Bill Wilson and Robert Smith. So without going in and pausing this, I'm just going to just run with that. So these two dudes get together, and they decide that they're going to come up with a way to help people through addiction. Um, Evie had found sobriety through the Christian movement. Okay, so somebody, they ended up knowing... Uh, found sobriety through the Christian movement. So they developed this idea of AA to help people back then utilizing Christianity as a way to help people find sobriety, which is where this whole seeking of a higher power. Now of course this is 1935, this is 2021. We're looking at uh, this development of the culture away from um, religion and away from this structured way of going to church and and seeking our higher power through through a, a preacher in a building. Now we can seek it so many different ways. when you go to these twelve step programs, they talk about a higher power in whatever definition that is to you and you can it can be you know it could be yourself it could be this podcast, it could be a book you've read, whatever you find your spiritual um, integrity at, wherever you find your enlightenment from, wherever you find your strength, your courage, your determination, your fortitude, your discipline. These are the things that you can begin to develop your sense of what a higher power is to you around. What's amazing about a community is that it can be absolutely positively supportive. And at the same time, it can be just what it is a humongous group of humans that have gathered around because they have similar interests and similar desires. A stadium full of football fans pretty much are all rooting for the same team. But it doesn't mean everybody in that stadium is going to like one another. Great, we're all Florida Gator fans. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to want to be your friend. That's the same thing that happens whenever we start to find ourselves at meetings and in these communities that we build around sobriety and recovery. Yes, great, we're all in sobriety and recovery, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything about your personality is going to click with mine. It doesn't mean I have to like you. It doesn't mean I have to hate you either. And as I, as I really start to just use these words and say these things, I realize that there's, this, there's an energy underneath this. that seems that we are living in a society that wants to increasingly break us off into smaller and smaller little cliques. Because we are so vast. Because the internet has such a broad reach. No longer you used to to be the person who likes model trains in your city, and you maybe only know five other people who go to the model train store. So that's your only pool of friends to make around model trains. Now the Internet's at your disposal, and you can meet people who like model trains from all around the world. So we have this ability to grow a community um, to a size we had never even previously imagined in human civilization. And so really, if you think about it, the Internet really just started to take a grip on society in the early 2000s. The Facebook really starts to take off in 05, 06, 07, and then here comes the smartphone. The changes in our society that have occurred in the 11 years since Apple put out the first smartphone has been mind-boggling. And we have this ability to create a community that is just, it, it can span to the far reaches of the earth you could have somebody in a 12 step program in antarctica talking to somebody in a 12 step program in norway it doesn't the distance no longer matters we have figured out a way to just eliminate distance at the same time because we can now break ourselves off into all these little clicks the human experience the way our brain works That says, well, if you're not in my tribe, you're in another tribe. And if you're not in my tribe, maybe you're an enemy. Maybe you're somebody I can't trust. Maybe you're somebody I shouldn't like because you're not in my tribe. Unfortunately, that can cause all these little clicks to just continue to splinter. And before you know it, it's almost like we are just going through the motions of disliking people simply because that's how we've been hardwired. Well, you're not in my tribe. You don't go to AA meetings, so therefore, you're not in my tribe. You want to go to refuge meetings, and you're not doing it the right way. And, and now, all of a sudden, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with you about a post you made on Instagram and talk shit about your recovery program because your recovery program goes against my recovery program, and if I see chinks in the armor of my recovery program, I might realize there's other ways to do this besides going to 417 meetings in 417 days, and now I'm going to argue with you and call you names. Do you realize how ridiculous that whole thing sounded? Really, step back. Go on Instagram. Read some of these posts. When these trolls say that we're weak-minded, we're weak-willed. When someone speaks out against AA and then literally, I mean, the experience is visceral. Watching people just go at one another about whether AA is the right way or whether it's the wrong way. It is not right nor wrong. It is what works for you. As we think about National Recovery Month, the whole idea of this month is that we embrace people's desire to change and we support them, that we realize that everybody has their own mental health issues that they're contending with. Even if they don't think they have mental health issues they're contending with, I can assure you, they do. You do. I do. We were raised however we were raised. And from zero to seven, we were just being imprinted upon and having all of these other people's values and beliefs and ideas um, imprinted and implanted into our brains. We weren't even deciding if this is how we actually wanted to live our life. We were just watching other people live their life. We were modeling our behavior out of them because we wanted it to fit into the tribe. And at a very young age, the tribe is just your home. Then we go off to school, we know even less about how to socially interact. So all of a sudden at three, four, five years old, you find yourself in like a pre kindergarten or a daycare. And, you know, depending on how you seek um validation, internal or external, if you're an external validation-led child, now you have a lot of friends around you, and you, want to, you, know, you know when you bring in the cool new toy, everybody gathers around and smiles at you, and they pay attention to you, so now you realize, oh, if I have cool new toys, I get attention. And then that gets implanted into your brain, and now you're the person throughout your life who thinks that you need to have the fastest car, the shiniest house, the, the biggest ring in order for people to pay attention to you. If you're internally validated, then you might find yourself not seeking any kind of external validation from those kids in in pre-kindergarten, and now you're the kid who sits in the corner, doesn't really talk to a lot of people, you feel isolated. That isolation causes you to draw even more inward, and now even less people are talking to you, and before you know it, now you're an adult who feels extremely isolated and doesn't know how to make friends, and it gets very confused as to why other people have things, and for some reason, you feel like the universe has just decided you don't get to have those things. When none of that necessarily had to become your reality, you just were taking in information, you were doing with it whatever a 4, 5, 6, year old brain possibly can figure out what to do with it. And then when we started to get into the modeling stage, really getting into the matching and mirroring from 7 to 14, when now social construct even more controls and dictates our behaviors. Right now you wake up and you're in your 14s and here comes high school. Boy, talk about just throwing a bunch of emotionally immature people into one building and saying, figure it out. Right and children aren't as resilient as we think, and if because if they were, we wouldn't have so many adults battling so many mental health issues. So with that brief, awesome history of how we develop as as children (laughs) up into adulthood, you're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Right now, we find ourselves with these addictive behaviors. Now we find ourselves seeking out a community for addiction recovery. But if we're not mindful, we'll fall back on our old behaviors of clicking out. Secluding others, isolating others because they don't feel the way we feel around recovery. They don't believe the way we do around recovery. No matter how much NLP I learn, no matter how much NLP I teach, no matter how much NLP I guide myself through, the human brain exists and it has habits and structures that have been built in for thousands of years. You don't believe the way I believe, therefore you're challenging the way I believe, therefore I have to defend the way I believe, and in that defending of the way I believe, depending on the energy and the attitude I take into it, I could actually get hostile. I could get mad. I could, if nothing else, just feel internal anger, even if I don't exude it externally. That's not healthy. That's not benefiting this empowered sense of self. There's something I say at the beginning of of all my classes and masterminds that we don't seek to judge right or wrong. We seek to understand somebody else's model of the world, their point of view. What has occurred in their life that has got them thinking that the way they're thinking is the right way for them to think? And I don't want to judge it right or wrong once I discover why they think the way they do. I just want to be curious about what it is that happened in their life that led them to this point. Everybody is doing the best they can with the resources they have. And while you might, from an outsider's perspective, think they're not doing it the right way, it's not really up to you to decide if the way they're doing it is right or wrong. As much as it's very beneficial for you to decide if, What you're noticing through them is something that you think is benefiting them, not benefiting them, could benefit them better if they shifted the way they were thinking. And perhaps you guide them to learn more about new ways of thinking, but you can't just plop someone down in a chair, duct tape them to a desk, and then just force feed them information expecting that they're just going to change their mind just because you yelled at them louder than they could yell at you back. So what does all this have to do with National Recovery Month? This is our opportunity in this month to embrace recovery as the movement that it is. To embrace the Simone Biles of the world who realize that they're just not mentally and emotionally in the right space to go off and behave the way that people just naturally assume is automatic for them. I absolutely thought that her running as fast as she possibly could, doing a hand flip, whatever they call a somersault off of a bouncy pad onto a solid structure and then doing tons of flips in the air and then landing it as if it was nothing, I just assumed that that was a, a muscle memory that no matter what was going on in life, she'd be able to land it. Watching her struggle with her own... Uh, emotional intelligence, her own um, mental health, what was going on in her mind, what what was happening inside of her body. Watching someone of her caliber struggle with something that she had been doing for 15 years was enlightening. It was so enlightening for me because it just just showed me that no matter how much you practice something, no matter how much you live your life uh, doing something, it does not mean that you are not going to fall prey to just natural human brain construct i, I don 't know how to finish this sentence. It just doesn't mean that you're that, that you're impervious to just the human experience. We have this desire to be to be perfect and perfection doesn't exist, but progress does We want to seek progress in our addiction recovery. We want to seek progress in the way that we communicate with others. We want to seek progress in the way that we expand our minds to realize that our opinions are not the bar for which the rest of the world should have to try to seek to achieve. How I feel about something is not the way other people are going to feel about it. How I say live my life is not how other people may necessarily want to live their life. Because you find a certain behavior disgusting in someone doesn't mean that everybody else does. Your opinion is only important to you. It can absolutely affect children in your home. It can absolutely affect other people living with you. If you're the boss or you're in a position of leadership and power, your opinion can absolutely affect people's immediate lives. And, And in reality, it can affect the entire direction of their life. If somebody's a really hard worker, but you just don't like their personality, and so therefore you give benefits to some other employee who's not as good at a job, but you like more, right now you're favoring personality over actual skill and workmanship, which could be to the detriment of your entire business and absolutely could be detriment to the team. Your opinions may not, may not hold the weight they do with you, but they could absolutely ebb and flow other people's lives. This is why it's really important to, to be mindful of how you talk around other people, how you might berate them for not feeling the same way you do around a particular topic, and so when was, we draw this episode to a conclusion for National Recovery Month, the reason I've dove into all of this human experience kind of talk is because the more I've gone through the SAMH. S-A-M-H-S-A, S-A-M-H-S-A website is one of the things, and I pulled up all their marketing materials for this to see if there would be like some really cool things I could post on my Instagram and just, you know, be more involved in what's going on with National Recovery Month this year. Is, um, you know, it says right in here that National Recovery Month increases awareness and understanding of mental health and substance use disorders and encourages individuals in need of treatment and recovery services to seek help. Recovery is for everyone, every person, every family, every community. Reminds people in recovery and those who support them that recovery belongs to all of us. And it is that sentence, recovery belongs to all of us. Just because you want to do AA and somebody else wants to do Refuge or somebody else just wants to listen to my podcast or you want to only listen to the podcast and you want to read personal growth and development books. But somebody else says you got to go to 30 meetings in 30 days and read the big blue book. Somebody else says you need to journal and somebody else says you need to meditate. All those things are great. That works for them. What works for you? Recovery belongs to all of us this idea that my recovery must is the only way would be ridiculous do i absolutely think listening to my show helps of course or i wouldn't do the show do i absolutely believe and know without a doubt that nlp has got me to a place where i've just turned off alcohol in my life i see it all around me but i i, I don't it's it's not part of anything for me when i get stressed and full of anxiety it's not like oh god i wish i could just have a drink why can't i have a drink i just want a drink that doesn't come out of my mouth my brain doesn't even think it because that leads me nowhere that's a dead-end road it'd be like knowing there's a dead-end street in your neighborhood and whenever you get full of stress and anxiety you just drive down the dead-end street knowing full well you're going to have to do a u-turn and drive back up it to get back to going anywhere that's actually a plausible destination in life Alcohol and drugs are a dead end street, especially when you've stepped into sobriety and journeyed into addiction recovery. We know it's a dead end street. So, why would I yell at myself that because I have stress and anxiety, I should turn down the dead end street? I'm not even going to think about the dead end street. It's just, it's gone. It's just blocked off. It's like I just wrote it out of my code. It doesn't mean that I'm not mindful of my addictive behaviors. I see them show up in a lot of other areas in my life now that I've removed alcohol and drugs. But going back to alcohol and drugs, is it's a no-brainer. It's not going to happen. Every day is the best day of my life because I am sober. Recovery belongs to all of us. Breaking yourself off into even little tinier clicks in your 12-step program is to the detriment of the other person who's on the outside looking in, who feels isolated, who feels like they don't belong. We're not going to get along with everyone. I don't like everyone any more than everyone likes me, but I don't like people based off of like some preconceived idea of who they might be. Maybe there's something that they want to talk about a lot that rubs me the wrong way. Right? And I've got great communication skills, and no matter how much somebody might poke at that nerve, I can figure out a way to find a, something that we can agree on, something that we can discuss. So there's really nobody I can't talk with. No matter what they believe in, I can find some common ground somewhere in their life that makes a connection into my life, and then I can just get curious about them and learn more about why they think the way they do. If nothing else, I can get along with anyone just simply by showing curiosity in them because everybody loves talking about themselves. I don't have to condone what they're saying. I don't have to believe what they're saying. I don't ever have to even agree with what they're saying, but I can get curious as to why they're saying what they say. Get curious. Get interested. Don't seek to judge, but seek to understand. Knowing that recovery belongs to all of us means that how, however anybody wants to do their recovery, if it's working for them, then that is working for them. It's telling somebody that they're in dry recovery or they're on the pink cloud or they're not doing recovery right because they're not doing it your way, it's just your way. There's a, a couple sentences in this website I want to read off before we close up this episode. It says, We are all called to end gatekeeping and welcome everyone to recovery by lowering, lowering barriers to recovery support, creating inclusive spaces and programs, and broadening our understanding of what recovery means for people with different experiences. I'm going to read this again, and I'm going to put this in the show notes because I think it's extremely important that this paragraph is emblazoned into your thought process, not just for National Recovery Month, but for every single day. Recovery is for everyone, every person, every family, and every community. This slogan reminds people in recovery and those who support them that recovery belongs to all of us. We are called to end gatekeeping. And welcome everyone to recovery by lowering barriers to recovery support, creating inclusive spaces and programs, and broadening our understanding of what recovery means for people with different experiences. Every human out there has experienced this world in an absolutely vast different way, unique to them and only them. You have experienced this world in a unique way that is only been experienced by you, for you, through your own senses, and has been determined within your own brain. All 10 of us watch the same sporting event, watch the same play. Let me bring in some football here. We all watch the same play in football, and we all have a different experience of it because of the way that our brain has just deletes, distorts, generalizes, and runs everything through memories and values and experiences and time and energy and mood. So because our brains experience everything that occurs around us in a completely different way, we're all going to experience recovery in a different way. Telling somebody that their way of recovery is wrong is not benefiting you or them. Telling somebody that if they don't do it your way, that they're going to fail is implanting that into their brain. And then what happens if they can't pull it off your way? Or what happens if they tell themselves, I'm going to go do it my way, but enough people end up telling them that if they don't do it this way, then they're going to fail, even though their way has been working for them. But eventually something happens and they're like, well, maybe everybody's right. Maybe if I wasn't going to all these meetings and I wasn't doing all this stuff, I was going to fail. Oh, well, screw it. I guess I'll just drink today. That's not benefiting anyone. Let's end gatekeeping. Welcome everyone to recovery, knowing that recovery means something different for every single person because we all have experienced life in a vastly different way. This month is about inclusivity over exclusivity. This month is about the power of positive energy and releasing it so that we can find flow in our lives. And if we're blessed enough to take something that we're curious in and then turn it into an interest and then it becomes an internal passion that we figure out a way to externally release it as a purpose, then blessed be for those that come back to the fire with buckets of water ready to help other people find a better way to discover their true sense of self i came out of the fire ablaze and people doused me with water so now i come back to the fire with just as much water i can't walk away from this community because this community it, Its own way, Kaiser Permanente, even those few people that I can still remember their faces, even though I haven't seen them in over a year and a half, I still remember their faces. Knowing they were going to be there every Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday morning meant the world to me. They didn't see recovery the way I knew I was going to see recovery, the way I was developing my way of seeing recovery. And that was okay because we still all had the courage to get in our cars and drive our asses to Kaiser and come into a meeting where we knew we were going to be vulnerable in front of strangers. And that meant something. It still means something. If you're not creating an inclusive space for other people to be vulnerable then I have to ask you, what is it inside of you you're projecting outward that's holding that energy back? Because we all know what it's like to be on the outside looking in. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. It's one thing to choose to not want to be a part of a tribe. It's another thing to be told, you don't belong here. It's another thing to be rejected when all you want to do is be accepted. We cannot reject people from recovery. We cannot exclude people from recovery. We cannot kick out their family members. We cannot tell people, you didn't suffer the way I suffered, so your suffering means shit. If it doesn't mean as much to you as it means to me, get out. That's ridiculous. And I'm calling for an end to it as of today. If it's even in existence around you, If you're even noticing it, I want you to open up your awareness to where inclusivity has not been winning out over exclusivity. I want you to bring your awareness to where people have not been accepted and instead been rejected. I am not asking you to love everybody, sing kumbaya around a campfire, be best buddies, and give everybody your, your passcode to your smartphone. I am not asking for that. I am asking for you to sit down and listen to somebody else's story of their life. Realizing that they have experienced something in their life that they consider trauma, that has turned into a suffering, that caused them to find medicine, that turned into poison and almost fucking killed them. When we embrace this amazing energy that is community around recovery, we become stronger together. We are much stronger together than we will ever be apart. When we stop seeing ourselves as... Americans or humans or earthlings, and we start breaking ourselves off into these other little, and I I realize I'm listened to in 140 countries, so insert your country's name into that. If if, If we just see ourselves as Americans and we don't see ourselves as humans, then we only care about America. And America isn't all that great all the time, any more than any other country is all that great all the time. We're all made up of humans, so therefore we all have failings, therefore we all have fallibilities, therefore every country is made up of failures and fallibilities that we can seek to achieve to move through and get better and to be more supportive and more inclusive. We are humans before we are anything else. And we are all flying around on a rock at like 30-some thousand miles an hour, and we are destroying our planet. And we're destroying our planet just the same way that we're destroying ourselves by fractioning off everybody into these little tiny clicks where all of a sudden somebody's standing at the window with their nose pressed to it like a little five-year-old on all they want to do is be included. Recovery is for everyone and everyone has something they need to recover from. Everyone. So therefore, everyone's invited to this tribe. Everyone's invited to this party. How you embrace National Recovery Month, how you embrace inclusivity over exclusivity is you and yours alone. And I realized I got a little emotional there, and I'm not even sure if any of that made sense. And if I go back and listen to this, I might realize that I just went off on like an emotional diatribe. So let me try to reel in and close this up in a way that will be very clear. I get that as humans spinning around on a rock, that we all divided ourselves up by countries and we divided ourselves up by languages. And then we divide ourselves up by gender, and then we divide ourselves up by race, and then we divide ourselves up by age, and then we divide ourselves up by the cities and the states and the counties we live in, and then those get divided up into, um, you know, uh, let's just say, neighborhoods in the city and then that gets divided up by the streets and then that, then that gets divided up by the people in our on our direct street and then our immediate neighbors and then we all go off and get jobs and so now one of us is an accountant and the other person washes cars. I get that society has really built up this entire construct where it just keeps fractioning us off and splintering us off into tinier and tinier little tribes. But it doesn't mean that you have to be confined by society's labels of your tribe. You don't just have to be Norwegian or English or Botswana or Brazilian or American. You can choose to step outside of that label and create your own group where inclusivity wins out. Where you see somebody standing on the outskirts and they're in, they clearly are interested in what you're talking about and you say, hey, hey, come on over. Hey, I'm Jesse. And hey, this is Kalen, and this is Crystal, and this is Tim, and this is Miles, and and this is Marty, and, and this is Judy, and this this is Lindsay, and this is I'm leaving out names. I'm sure I am. There's Karen, and there's Jake, and right, and there's Sam, and you know there's Goggin, who I haven't heard from in a long time, and there's Greg, and there's all these people. And hey, look, this is the tribe. Come on in, come on in. You're welcome here we got a conversation going, but we'd love for you to chip in and start to talk too. Because we would love to learn about your experiences in life and how we can learn from them and we can support you in your growth. There's a reason why I started up the tribe. Because I really feel like in this community, we grow together. We grow stronger. If you don't find my tribe, find your tribe. Find a tribe. Build your tribe. But if you're looking for a tribe that will support you, not just in National Recovery Month, but every month, any day you have something going on, you can jump into a group and you can start to t- text and people will get back to you and they'll, and, they'll, and they'll support and they'll throw in their two cents and it becomes an amazing conversation. If you're looking for that, if you're looking for a tribe to support you, and you really love the f- content I talk about on this show, I have developed a tribe that specifically is around what it is I talk about. They talk similar to me, but yet they talk about it in a completely different way because they're their own unique, beautiful person. There's so many ways that you can join this tribe. And all you have to do is... Email from sobriety to recovery at gmail.com or jump over into the DMs over on Instagram and let me know what's going down in your life. We'll get in a meeting. We'll see what we can do to help you out. We'll see where we can guide you toward and we'll get you in the tribe. I had one person who started up an Instagram account just to DM me and he has not used that Instagram account since. That's how committed this person was to reaching out to me. You have the fortitude. You have the drive to achieve anything you want in life. You just have to set your mind to it and decide that under no circumstances will you allow yourself not to reach that point. It may not look the way you thought it would when you get there. And the journey may be completely different than you had preconceived. But the point is, is that you're on the journey. And you do not have to do it alone. We're all in this together. And I mean that for real. For real. Recovery belongs to all of us. Create an inclusive space. I didn't even realize that this was the entire motto for the SAMHSA recovery month thing. But when I read that, I was like, wow, talk about a low barrier of entry, creating an inclusive space in programs and broadening our understanding of what recovery means. That is like part of my value statement for this podcast, for this show, for my way of life. And if you are 132 episodes in, Congratulations. You believe it too. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine, glow on. I'll see you guys soon. National Recovery Month, DM me if you'd like to join the tribe. There is support all around you. Open your eyes, seek the awareness of it. I promise you, everything is better when you wake up sober. Bye bye.